Imagine if you could own your house or your car with a digital contract that doesn't require hundreds of pages and many signatures. Oh, but that's just stupid. Paper's the best way to do it. Not quite. Or what about if you could be an artist and when you release your music, you actually make money by people investing in your value? Oh, I'd rather hold on to my vinyl, thanks. Do what you like, but don't come crying to me when you can't get your hands on Van Gogh's old artwork. Welcome back to Beers with Engineers, a podcast by young individuals who strongly believe that if something looks stupid, but it works, then it's not stupid. And quite frankly, we think NFTs fit this bill. Now, what are NFTs? Trust me, we're not going to act like we know. But not a lot of people do know, or people don't really explain it right to the general population. So we're going to talk about a couple of cool projects going on in the NFT world and get the fundamentals down pat with you guys. But you should not take this as financial advice, and if you're a first-time investor, we strongly recommend you speak to a financial professional. Now, before you get into today's show, please head over to our YouTube and our social medias, subscribe and show some love to see how we turn our ideas into reality. And welcome back to another spectacular agreement evening of... (laughs) Yeah. Evening. It's <laughs> an evening of. It, it's morning and it's nothing but pissing down rain. I wouldn't say it's beautiful. I mean, I'm looking outside and I'm seeing dark. I don't know if I'm colorblind or I need to go to the uh, spec savers, but I don't know what's going on today. And Are you wearing your sunglasses? <laughs> well, I have my new contacts in, so it's all good. All oh, right. Uh, James brought us in today because he wanted to talk about something deep and personal. What's going on, bro? Oh mate, it's you know it's been a long weekend and we're doing a morning podcast. So it's, it's coffees with engineers. You know I'm having my soy decaf latte with uh, three sugars, quarter. You strength, inner city uh, lefty. <laughs> I don't know about you boys. Uh, Sean looks like you're having dirt water with five sugars, whipped cream, but like light whipped cream, no fat. And I pre- I prefer to be called mm. I prefer to be called its real name, just Starbucks, please. No, it's no offense to Starbucks, <laughs> but I guess I am drinking out of my Pikachu mug that we got in Japan together, so it's beautiful. Oh, oh, do oh, we go? Did we go to Japan? Sorry. Do we, do we, did you mention that we went to Japan? Sean, <laughs> speaking of your Pikachu mug, how much value mm-hmm. does that have to you? Oh, mate, I couldn't, I couldn't put a value on this. Uh, you can't, you can't put, you can't place a price on enjoyment and satisfaction. I would have traded my firstborn child for this mug. You don't have children. Might not have value to <laughs> someone else in the world, right? Someone who's not into Pokemon. Potentially, right, yeah. So, like, I think intrinsic value is something that you put on top of it. I mean, you're not going to, like, put the, the value of the first photo you have of your child. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's invaluable to me, you know? Yeah, it almost sounds like it's non-fungible. So, something that has value to you, but maybe not someone else. <laughs> I, excellent that's excellent not what, segue. That's not what fungible means. <laughs> if, something's, if something's non-fungible, that means it's got You can't copy you. it. That's what non-fungible means. No, I, 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 I know, I know. But yeah. Wait, what, wait what does non-fungible mean? Fungible means like you can copy it, right? Okay, so non-fungible is like non-copyable, yeah, basically. In, or non- in, in, in overall definition, if something's non-fungible, it means uh, your house is non-fungible. Yeah, you right? can't replace it, right. But yeah. it's got value to you, but it might not have value to, say, someone else down the track. So like this Pikachu mug might have mm. more value in the future to someone who really likes Pokemon. Yeah. That's what makes it non-fungible. Could you guys imagine if they did this like digitally? So like you didn't have to have like a physical <laughs> sort of phenomena where you have to carry things around and store it somewhere. So you could just store it digitally and therefore it became popular. I mean, hang on a minute. Actually, <laughs> this, boys. I don't know. Have you guys ever wow. something called wow. the, the smoothest of segues from a Gee, Pikachu oh. mug to it's like NFTs. That, it's, it's like that old YouTube video of a chimpanzee riding on a Segway. It's just... 
So crisp and smooth. Yeah, like, exactly. I want to watch this all day. <laughs> okay, so... Is that an actual video? <laughs> yeah. Look, oh, Google it. Uh, will do. Okay, so to keep this on topic, boys, we're going to talk about NFTs today. And I had a specific project I wanted to talk about. But first, we're going to cover the very basics of what NFTs is. And it's mm. basically a digital token that's built on a cryptocurrency blockchain. So right, okay. Someone would hear that and be like, "What the?" F-? someone who doesn't know about crypto would be like, what the fuck's a cryptocurrency blockchain? What's an NFT? So the idea of tra- trading cryptocurrency is basically trading a digital asset online in the form of a currency. So similar to gold, for example, but because it's not physical and because it's not heavy and it's a lot quicker to transport, it is growing in popularity. Right. Blockchain is the realm in which these transactions take place. Okay, okay, okay. So, like, I understand everything you, you just said, every single word, but I have my friend here um, next to me off screen um, who's listening in, and he's not an engineer or uh, understands crypto and NFT. So, could you, like, explain it just a bit louder for, for them? You don't need to say, you just say my, my, my just say my name. I'm Paddy. No, like, I'm talking I don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I was pretending to have an imaginary friend in the room. <laughs> now I have five friends. Um, this, is, this is Harvey, my six foot tall bunny rabbit best friend. Yes, explain it to uh, an intelligent bunny rabbit, James. Can you just say that last bit again? <laughs> an intelligent bunny rabbit. Okay, well, let's imagine this bunny rabbit really likes carrots, right? And we're transporting carrots across, I don't know, a green field. And this mm-hmm. green field is the blockchain where carrots are going across. And on this green field, you have a miner, right? And a miner is someone who gets the carrot and takes it from one place to the other. Kind of like the person who, I don't know, approves a transaction, right? And yeah. the carrot is the, the cryptocurrency, right? <laughs> Except in the crypto world, this is all digitalized. It's in the form of a token. So it's not actually physical. So that that that's as simple as I can explain the blockchain to a fucking Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, imagine it's let's let's move away from the animal world. Let's imagine we're talking to a fourteen-year-old kid. Um, how would you explain NFTs and crypto to them? Yeah. Well, say if you held out um a bag of crack. I mean, no, we're not going to get to that. Um, a 14, oh, what a fourteen-year-old's oh, like these days? Uh, vapes. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> Uh, yes. Fortnite, I don't know. Yeah, no, well, actually, the, the, I've got a good metaphor for NFTs for Fortnite, but I'll, I'll come back to that one. Yeah, so I, I guess there's different popularity vapes, right? We have four, all these different brands <laughs> now and different types of vapes you can get. Imagine they're the different types of cryptocurrencies. Some are worth more than the other because, I don't know, they have diff- better flavors. They have more puffs in them. They have a higher nicotine concentration, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, let's transfer that to cryptocurrency. Some cryptocurrencies are faster to transact. Um, mm-hmm. They have better algorithms. They're better for the environment. And that's mm-hmm. like your nicotine concentration, um, your taste of the vape, the amount of puffs you get. Did you uh, say value? Yeah, the value of them. And, and that's what gives something value, right? So the blockchain is where, I guess, these vapes are being sold. So I don't know where do people... I don't even know what people buy, buy vapes these days, but someone has to approve that transaction, right? So usually mm-hmm. it's the dealer dealer is the person who gives like someone a bank because they're illegal in Australia so it has to be through a dealer that you know in in a way is the minor not quite but in a similar concept someone's still got to make that transaction happen the difference between vapes and crypto is crypto is mostly decentralized now mm-hmm. so is your friend probably asking huh what does decentralized mean okay so i think like yeah so you, you what you're trying to say is like decentralized means that um, generally speaking, money goes through banks and banks hold all the money. And when you buy and invest and whatnot, they kind of transact. Um, whereas 
crypto is like if everyone had the money and then lent it to each other and agreed they had certain values you would need um like a reserve to bank against it's it's everyone has the money instead of all the banks it goes through a different gatekeeper yeah and then your 14 year old mate doesn't have to buy a vapes of a dealer it's just we have made we have made a very confusing topic even more confusing i think with the metaphors that we're we're putting in here yeah carrots and vapes okay so so now we talk about what is an nft an nft stands for non-fungible token and now using this concept of blockchain Mm-hmm. They use that same technology to create an asset that's digital. So, for example, your Pikachu mug, for example. Yeah. There might be only some of them in the world. And yes. You really like Pokemon. You really like Pikachu. You really want to get this mug. And eventually, you exhaust the amount of those in the world. So, they go Correct. up in value and they become more rare. Yeah. To you, that's a non-fungible mug. Yeah. You, 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 you can't copy it. and. Like it, it's it's it means a lot to you. So what a non fungible token is that same concept, but now it's put on this crypto blockchain, so it's digital. And you yeah. might ask yourself, well, hang on a minute. There's like deviant art, for example, where you can sell art and you can own the art. How is that not just the same thing? Mm. And the reason it's not is because it's it, it is fungible. You can people can keep replicating that, people can keep copying that. You can't yeah. get a copy of an NFT. It's, it's virtually impossible. There's like more ways to like make your own atom which is yeah like yeah the, that's how that's how hard it is yeah so you what you're saying is that blockchains use a peer-to-peer network where they ver- validate each other's money or the amount of value in the from each people's wallets and that's a way that they can guarantee people's value decentralized without going through a bank which holds that kind of value and the thing is, NFTs use the exact same process to validate that the mug that I have, like this Pikachu mug, is an actual Pikachu mug from a specific place or time um, that no one else can copy. And so if they make a copy, the NFT would go, no, that's not the right one. Um, that's not value. So you can't really dilute the pool by creating more supply. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, okay. And another thing is if I would explain to a 14 year old in like Fortnite, and another example of an NFT is like a limited time skin for your character. It doesn't, in that case, it doesn't actually provide a utility. It's just a skin. I mean, you can buy certain things that give you a boost in the game. Um, but when you buy something and then you own it, that's it. That's your NFT. That effectively is the exact same thing. Um, and you can't really copy it. Once the, the sales are gone, that's it. Now, imagine you could trade that skin. Say you bought a skin and it becomes really valuable. Someone else has it, I don't know, on a Twitch stream or something. And they say, wow, I really want that. You can then trade it a second time. But because there's a limited supply, you can't just make endless copies of it. And so I was, I was on a podcast. like, oh, have you ever played uh, Fortnite and bought a skin? You own an NFT. <laughs> that was pretty much the way they described it. But yeah, there's still confusion in gaming, right? Because I I, still, I play a lot of sporting games like FIFA and NBA. Have a lot of a lot of time, and you can buy like digital currency on this on these games, and you can buy like different players, and those players have more value in a marketplace. Mm. And a question we get a lot is, well, hang on a minute, how is that not an NFT? And it's just mm-hmm. like because people can still replicate that, people can still yep. make copies if they want. There's no way of dating it back and saying this is the original player yep. and it has this much value. NFTs, in a way, are revolutionary because what you can do is actually put a, a proper date stamp on it. You can mm-hmm. actually digitally validate it, if that makes sense. So it, Yeah, you can it, ensure it gives, that it's it the real it more, one. Yeah, exactly. It gives it more intrinsic value. Yeah, and like you can see this too as well because um, virtually you can... It doesn't actually always have to be virtual. I mean, 
non-fungible tokens by definition are a virtual element, but you can assign a contract to them and use the same kind of validation key. So if you have a contract saying, look, I have this bit of art and I own 10, I like, I want to, every time it gets sold, I own 10% of it and you sell the NFT. And so the NFT is like, I own the art. So instead of selling the art, you actually sell the contract. And so if you buy the NFT, I have to then sell you the physical asset as well. But if you sell that art as well, you've got to sell the NFT. I have to make a little bit of money as well. I can put in the contract that I earn 10% of that profit every time you sell that art. And there's been examples where in like Ethiopia that, um, I forgot the name of the artist, but he sold a bit of art that he made on the weekend about like the heroines of um, like past legends. And he sold it on the blockchain for $40,000 or it was like 20 Ethereum at the time. And that got immediately sold again. And so he made another $20,000 the following weekend without doing any work, just because it's part of the contract. And the artwork became more valuable. He did have to send it. It was a physical asset, but the contract was sold. Whoever owns that contract owns the art. And you have to then send the asset as well with it. And so it's like, you can see it's it's not just the virtual, which I think a lot of people are confused about. It's like, I don't want to own a picture. It's not just the picture. You can assign contracts with it. And then you can trade physical assets, but with a virtual contracting thing. So like with us, right, we're on YouTube. We're doing a lot of social media stuff. A lot of the content that we create and put up here, we don't own anymore. The Google owns it or Facebook or uh, whatever service that we're using at the time owns the artwork. They make money off it. We make a little bit of money, kind of split. If you have NFTs, you kind of skip that. You don't need you. Whoever owns NFT owns it now. No longer is it like five companies Every single person can own a little bit of this and that. So that I, I definitely see value for us if we could do that somehow. I don't know how to integrate it properly, but yeah, it's 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 a good good um, change. It's decentralizing a lot more things than just money now. Yeah, that's a good segue into something I wanted to talk about, which is um, the idea of smart contracts. So we're using that dangerous mm. word smart again, which is the idea, pretty <laughs> much what you just explained, that you can own a physical asset. So for example, your house or your car, but the contract is written in the blockchain. So it's not a physical piece of paper that you have to make sure is kept safely. It's now digitally tokenized, so it's always kept safe. It's always secure. And again, there's more ways to create an atom than mm. to actually find someone's token. So like, it's just so smart how you can own your house. And it's like, no, I am the owner. Like, This is my digital asset to prove it. It's in a hard storage wallet. No one can touch it. And it's so much faster as well. And I think that's what we'll see in, in the near future. Yeah. Because you can imagine like car contracts, if you want to sell your car, you make NFT for the ownership of that car. I mean, we can't because we don't build cars, but if we did, I mean, electric vehicles along the way. (laughs) But if we add like an NFT of the car, you could just simply trade that. You wouldn't need to go through any brokerage. You didn't need to go through any like service. No one else makes money off it but you. And anytime that car is then sold again, you could write on the contract, I want to make a little bit of extra money on the side because I built the thing. And so you could constantly make more and more money out of it assuming that the intrinsic value is still there yeah Pat, did you have any commentary but there's a specific project i want to talk about on this but didn't know if there's any um generics you want to clear up well with the nft like can it be done using obviously is it done using cryptocurrency but can it, could it be done using any type of cryptocurrency correct yeah, so it depends. Oh, so I thought, I, because I thought because it was on the Ethereum blockchain, you could only use Ethereum. Correct. To... So, so there are some NFTs that are built on the Solana blockchain, the Cardano blockchain, and the Ethereum blockchain. So a good example of this is Zed Racing, which is built on the Ethereum blockchain. So to own a digital horse, the only way to purchase it with, with Ethereum, and you make Ethereum off that. 
Cardano has a similar version. It's not Z racing. It's their own type of digital horse racing where you'd buy it using Cardano. So yeah, you're right. Mm. So there are specific blockchains and the one I wanted to talk about is a new project called Nina. Now, Nina is something that's built on the Solana blockchain, which is extremely similar to Ethereum um, in a way that you can build your own software using a crypto blockchain. Now, this is a very exciting one for the artists out here. There's anyone, any musicians and whatnot, and also maybe for us as podcasters, it can go mm. this way. So let's, let's, let's take a couple of steps back and go to the, into the bit of the basics at the moment. So right now, if you're a musician in the music industry, it's extremely hard to make it, right? You, I'm, I'm sure you guys would agree. Is the music industry is very robust and it's rough. Like, yeah, there are so many underrated, good, talented artists out there. Some that I've seen, some that I know, but because like the music industry is so inflated right now and there's so many people, it's so hard to make a name for yourself. I mean, yeah. I forget who it was, but there's so many like good rappers on TikTok now going, guys, I agree. There's so many of you who are better than me. I just made it because I was lucky. I tricked yeah. the algorithm. Well, that's, that's the thing, right? It's not just the algorithm too, because a lot of the... the previous systems of uh, governance is still there, right? Same with banks being kind of like overshadowed by um, crypto. Exactly. A lot of the music industry, like Spotify, for example, if you listen to a song, the artist only makes like 0.001 cent. But if they put an ad on that, like if you're not paying for it, you make it, put an ad on it, the Spotify makes a fair chunk, like a hundred times that. And then you look at the ones that did make it, the same for book publishers or music uh, publishers you got to go through a big company and they've got to kind of sponsor you and put the effort into get your music out there first before it becomes popular like harry potter would have never been as big as it was if you had used uh if the jk rowling had published it herself it went yeah. through a publisher it went through a lot of services it became really popular and they made a lot of money both jk rowling and the publisher this is a way for certain artists once you have a community both in music or books or anything that you create to then Put your work out there, have a community, develop it, build up your intrinsic value without going through those publishers or services like Google or, well, for us, Google, but like um, uh, the the publishers that currently exist, which is, for me, I think is good. I think the idea of decentralizing some of the um, the mm-hmm. work out there is, is smart because it means more money goes to the people that make the content. Yeah. And I mean, b- back in the day, what we had was before you had Spotify and the internet, you'd have a DJ who would scratch music together with turntables. Um, they'd put a song together. You'd have, then have a manager who would sell your tape, who would sell your record and would just um, increase that value by promoting it, by getting it out to the public. But now that we have the internet and social media, that's no longer available. And like Sean's greatly touched on now, is now it's all managed through online things like Spotify and SoundCloud and Amazon Music and YouTube Music mm. and this endless list. So the only way mm. to like really get big is to pay to play. Life has become pay to play now. And I think mm. we're trying to move into a realm where we don't want it to become that. And now what we're seeing is the more people pay, the more promotion they get. And yeah. obviously, skill is an important part. If you're not a great... I mean, I say that, but there's so many popular songs now that you listen to, and it's just like, I don't enjoy listening to this. And a majority of people you speak to agree. It's just like, how is this person big, but these other 500 young artists aren't making it? Yeah, and well... I- Tri- Triple J does a good job of promoting like underrated yeah. artists, and good on them for doing that and trying to bring equity, but... Yeah, yeah, they're competing. Well, yeah, that's the the problem is right. Triple J and like, um, well, I mean, Triple J have are gatekeepers to a degree, but they do do a really good job. You're right to kind of like hero young artists to up and comers, people who do have genuinely good talent. They're just not getting the recognition they deserve. Mm. Um, but they're still competing. 
Yeah. And they still need to also play all the popular things because if they're not going to play those, like, you know, if they're not going to play Billie Eilish or they're not going to play Taylor Swift or something on their mm. channel, they're just going to go, peep the, the consumer will just go to another channel. <laughs> I think Triple J does actually um, not play uh, certain popular songs. They do. Songs. That's why they, I don't listen to them. I listen to Taylor. It's like, oh, nothing against Taylor Swift. No, I'm no, I'm saying they don't play tra- Taylor Swift. They've no, they gone do, out of the bro. way. They do. They do? Because I, I haven't J? seen... Holy shit. Yeah. Because, like, I thought they heroed, like, genuinely, like, the the music style that they had. Again, f- for those who are listening internationally, Triple J is a public broadcaster um, news... Uh, no, public broadcaster paid for by the Australian government, but they do a really good job of trying to, like, uh, develop to the younger communities and to the yeah. younger groups. A, lo- a lot of indie bands and stuff like that. Yeah, so they, they have, like, smaller styles of music, sure, but now they've become quite popular. They do have news and whatnot, but they're... Because they're... Um, run by the government they're kind of neutral i guess to a degree so their their job is to try and hear the the small guys the small not guys small small artists let's say um and but again they're also again competing with the larger companies so your Hmm. your actual paid companies the ones that do make money that do make profits they have to play your taylor swifts and your popular stuff and again Hmm. nothing against taylor swift i do love some of her music don't get me wrong (laughs) no well i think what well what we're talking about actually is very deep is uh there, there's a lot of meaning because of the taylor swift situation that's going on with her claiming back her masters and like the legal situation she went through to get all, all back catalog like ownership rights back to it it's sort of similar to i assume what you're talking about james where was that not britney spears sorry no nah, it was uh like britney spears is doing her own shit but mm. taylor swift like she went through a whole legal dispute because she didn't have ownership to the masters like the mm. um like, to, yeah, the, the, the publishers the would have owned it, right? They owned the IP. Yeah, so I, st- I think she went through like a legal dispute. She got back ownership of, I think, I don't know all. I don't know if it was all of the albums, but at least it was one. And mm. she's re-released the album. Like I think it was like a week ago. Yeah. All right. So I think we've done like a semi-excellent job of explaining, simplifying sort of crypto, yeah. blockchain, NFTs, and the music industry. So let's bring that all together and talk about Project Nina. And there are a lot of NFT projects, and to talk about them, it would take too long, and we would be here for hours and hours. And Sean did an excellent yeah, exactly. job of already sort of explaining that it's just a digital a way to digitalize your own music, make it decentralized, and that's exactly what it is. So what Nina is, for example, is say, Paddy, you're a, you're a pretty decent singer. <clears throat> say you decide you want to make a singing career, right? Um, and you recorded your first song. Usually that would go on Spotify, mm. and you would hope someone would hear it. But instead, what you do now is you upload it to this platform called Nina. And say for argument's sake, you go, right, I'm going to post this for 25, for 25 cents because, you know, I'm a new artist. And what someone's, what investors are looking for and what NFT investors want is, all right, what's something that I can afford and what's something that I think is going to have value? So no longer uh, music listeners, I guess, researching how good a song is. No one, no, like it's, it's just effortful for them. So what they want is how can I make money off someone else's music? So they go, oh, What's this Paddy guy? He's uploaded a very nice artwork because you have to like accompany it with artwork and go, oh, what's this? They hear your song and they go, look, this guy's pretty good. And his token's only 25 cents. I'm going to buy this. And you've only released, say, 100 tokens. So that person buys it. You make 100% of the sale. That now mm-hmm. goes up in intrinsic value because you're taking the supply off the market. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, if you want to listen to a song on Nina, it's completely free to stream. So anyone yeah. can stream it. What they can't do is actually own a part of that. And now, as they own it, it goes up in value because more people are buying it and inflating the market, and eventually they can sell it. 
when they buy it, you get 100%. When they sell it, you get a cut of that money. So mm. you're getting popular pretty much through blockchain technology. So your, your, your music becoming higher in value because people are actually investing in, in you. So to give you guys an example, like this released yesterday. This actually started yesterday and they've already made like thousands of dollars in profit. So um, just for example, there's a song called Fiviel is Gleg Bolte a Serpent. It's probably a French song, right? Sounds French, um, yeah. It started at 10 US dollars um, on the 20th of November at 11.50. It's now selling for 200 USD. What else mm. we got? We got Prince Josh one time. It's selling for 1,000 USD. It started at 50 cents mm. at 2 a.m. this morning. Yeah. 50 cents. It's already, someone's already trying to sell it for $1,000. Yeah, um, okay. Um, so you guys get you guys get the point, right? It's just like mm, sort of. So that a thousand. So for, the, for what was the guy's name again that you just mentioned? Uh, uh, Prince Josh. So Prince Josh. So he started. <laughs> what royal name? family Great. is Josh from? Oh yes, the regal Prince Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Prince Joshy boy. Um, so he started selling it for fifteen cents. Was it? Fifty cents. Yep. So fifty cents. Um, and I assume that was just the song. It sort of. And it's been sold, I would say, similar to what like the iTunes were back in the day where you just buy a song for a certain amount of money. However, yeah. in this with, case, yeah, the, the more people that buy it, the more it goes up in price. Exactly. But the difference with something like this in iTunes is iTunes, you couldn't listen to the song, right? You, the only way to be able to listen to it is you had to purchase that song. Mm. And the artist would get a cut of the money, the rest of it would go to iTunes. And I mean like... <clears throat> what are we talking about? Thirty percent is just going to be my my educated guess on that. Whereas this is like you can get as many songs as you want and and like listen to them, have them in like your library, but mm. you now have the option to buy their art, buy the token because it comes with like mm. a digital artwork, and you have that in your wallet. Like you're investing in that owner, thinking, sweet, I can make more money one day. So it becomes a win-win scenario, and to me, I think it solves inequity in the uh, music industry. Well, but I have a this... question as well, is that, um, right, because if the music's free, right, so with Spotify and Apple Music as the, the main kind of champions of listening to music, you have a gatekeeper, you have to pay a certain subscription each month to listen to the music, and that money is then distributed both to those companies and then to the artists that provide the music. If the music's free, where is the income coming from? For, it's not from in, the sale. As in for Nina? Yeah. Where's the, okay. the constant income? So there's, there's a few things, there's a few ways to answer that. Basically, when you start an account with Nina, you have to pay like a one-time fee. I don't know how much money it is, but you pay a one-time fee. Another thing you have to do with NFTs, whenever you buy an NFT, this is another simple concept that if you're listening, you can go away and do your own research. You pay something called a gas fee when you buy an NFT. And what that is, it's kind of depending on what the traffic is in the blockchain. To say, for example, you're on the road and there's like 3,000 cars trying to come to an intersection. Mm-hmm your gas fee is higher. You have to pay more for that transaction to occur. If there's two cars, the gas fee is lower. So imagine that actually now being digital. Yeah, but my point is you're making money when you buy and sell an NFT. But if I'm like, for example, trying to listen to it, I pay the one-time fee to, to sign up. How is, and I listen to all the music for free endlessly. How is it the artist makes money because I'm not paying oh, how anything? How does the artist make money? How does the artist make money and how does... Um, like the people who own the NFTs make money without buying and selling, just well, owning. That, yeah. that, that, that's what I said. When you buy an NFT, the artist makes 100% of what you buy. And when you sell the NFT, they get a cut of what yeah. you sell. But ones if, for example, everyone buys an NFT and then never sells it, they just hold on to it and hold on to its intrinsic value. How does an artist make money on that? 
Well, the artist makes the first capital investment you make, but this is the point, is when you invest in an artist, their popularity grows, right? So yeah. as they grow, they start making money through the generic avenues. Now, we're not just gonna, they're not just going to make money on NFT. They're going to hopefully gain popularity and they mm. may, might get a contract. They might get an EP with a good manager. They might get their first live show because you've helped them, you've helped them I guess, come big. You've, you've yeah. got them out of the dark and you've got them onto their feet. So, yeah, no, that's a great question. But yeah, like my thing is, if you say they made one e- one NFT for their song, someone buys it, it goes up in value, but it never sells. The artist and the person who buy it will never make an additional profit unless they sell. So if they just hold on to it, both parties kind of lose out. You know what I'm saying? Well, not like how is because when you start when you first upload your um like your your NFT and your song, yeah. what you're doing is you create your own market cap. So you might say, I'm only going to sell 25 of these. Yeah. You go, you push 25 tokens into circulation. Yeah. People buy them and then increase the value. That then becomes sold out. And you go, shit, I need now increase my market cap. So it's very similar to, say, a cryptocurrency where the market cap goes up because yeah. of how, I guess, inflated and how popular it's coming. You need to liquidate your assets to be able to make money. So Yeah. But my thing is, if you're an artist and you've already sold all your assets, all your NFTs, your only way to make money is if those NFTs are sold on again. If they're not sold on again, you don't make money, correct? You simply just increase your market cap. Yeah, but then you dilute the value as well. Like it, some, it feels like it, right? there's, it just feels like there's a bit of missing money so far in this, and I want to figure out where it is. I'm sure there is like in a solution to it, but I'm just trying to figure out how do you make constant revenue? I mean, like Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, really good for popular artists when they're making millions of views or getting mi- millions of listens a day and they're making a small portion of each view. But if you're a small-time listener and you're listening for free and you're not making money, you know, artists aren't making money from people listening to it, how is it you're making the missing money? Where's the missing money coming from? But it's coming from supply and demand, right? So say Yeah, when it's traded, to- you're right. But if it's yeah. not being traded... So mm-hmm. you're now comparing the ongoing cost of Spotify, saying, all right, I'm getting now... No, no, the incoming... I'm talking about, like, the ongoing listen fee. For example, like, if you want to watch... Um, and previously, the system with iTunes was you have to pay for the music, and that money would be split between Spotify and the artist, and they would just get a one-time fee, and then you own that song for your private listening. You couldn't play it anywhere else. You couldn't play it in your cafe, for example, or you couldn't play it at an event because... Mm-hmm. You only you only you can really listen to it. I mean, that's you know, quotations. Then they changed it to Spotify, where it's a subscription fee. Where as you listen, as you sign up, you pay a subscription fee, and then that money is distributed depending on how many listens you get per month. If you are listening to music for free endlessly, and the only way for an artist to make money is if your NFT for your song is then traded, but it's not getting traded. It feels like there's, there's there's two systems of making money. I, I agree. I'm and the thing is, there's probably a solution to this. I'm just a bit confused on it. That's what I'm, I'm trying to say. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just trying to figure out where that money comes from. Like I'm sure you could probably sign up a contract, but then you're going back to the old centralized system. You're having a combination of both. Yeah. No, you de- you're definitely not like going to a centralized system. It's always going to be decentralized. But like to, to touch on what you just explained, like with Spotify, for example, you pay a subscription and artists get given a value of money based on the amount of listeners they get per month mm. and those sort of algorithms. What what I think happens on, like, this, so this is similar to every single blockchain technology, right? So, again, you only have, like, a certain amount. I'm not saying diluting the price and whatnot, but the more people buy it, the higher in value goes up. And then you as an artist go, right, 
do I now want to liquidate this and upload more tokens because I know I can increase mm. the price and it's going to get more money. So it's done on a supply and demand sort of basis. Right, okay. So this is, I mean, what's what's the, like there's so much baseball art that's been NFT'd yeah. out selling for like 40 grand, for example. So things can sell for tens of thousands of dollars and it might not just be because of how good you are as an artist. People might actually take mm. value in the artwork you've accompanied with your song. They might um, look at the genre of music. They might look at how individual it is. Like I think a lot of these things, so I'm looking at the Nina website right now mm -hmm. and some of the um, songs that have been sold is like these really psychedelic trance sort of songs as you listen yeah. to them, which is very different from something else. So I think people aren't just looking for the skill of an artist now, but also how individual they are and how rare they can make their music. Yeah. So, we're kind of diverging from the generic artwork, you know, what you hear in a nightclub, for example, to now all this type of individual, like this is like the craft beer of online. Mm. Well, yeah, you have more access to different types of music, whereas previously, if you had the centralized approach, you have to listen to what the publishers reckon is the next big thing. They decide, oh, this song is actually going to be big. We're going to make, put some effort in. Everyone's going to listen to it. And it's going to become popular. You're right, you can get more access to it. But the one of the reasons I think is it's a bit dangerous right now, and I think it's dangerous now, risky now, as all things were. Like, people say this is the internet moment. And so in 1996, people were like, oh, don't go to the internet, it's silly, it's not going to work, having internet place to, to share information and distribute it. Um, I disagree. I think there, there's value to this. But like Ask Jeeves, MySpace, websites that became popular at the start of the internet revolution died out. It's risky right now, and one of the reasons why the NFTs are so valuable for songs that you might not even like is because there's hype around it, because we're talking about it, because people are providing interest into that, into the, the technology, less so about the music, but more what the technology represents. And so that's why NFTs right now can be really valuable, because it's new. But like in the time when all music's NFTs... For you to be valuable, you need to have listens, you need to have a community, and that's one thing that NFTs do. They're not just intrinsically valuable because they're valuable, they have to have, people got to say, yeah, no, I want that. If you have everything as NFTs, this going to just be another supply-demand, and some artists won't make a single thing because no one's going to listen to their music or buy that NFT, where some of the big ones will. So it's like it's risky in a few different ways right now. Oh, God, yeah, man. The music industry becomes like its own share market in a way, and that's what's going to happen across all mm. NFTs. It literally becomes a share. The only difference is now this is sort of in a way, in, 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 it's a right deflationary because you're now buying it using the cryptocurrency, and if that cryptocurrency goes up in value, it's actually mm. a good segue for investors to get in. And this is one of those things where people ask, like, what's in it for me if I become an investor in NFTs? And I forget the exact project name. Um, I have to speak to one of my mates who's heavily in it. It's like about... Um, hotels on the same Solana blockchain and people buying digital assets in hotels and it's actually a good segue for them to get into the Solana blockchain mm. um, and I haven't done my homework on that one but what these NFTs do is it allows people to invest in crypto without directly investing in crypto so in a way it makes investing fun and yeah <laughs> to me that as risky as it is you want to you want to have some fun in the process like you know you buy a share in Amazon for example and fuck yeah. you if you buy Amazon shares but <laughs> really there's nothing for you if you buy an Amazon share besides <laughs> gaining some of their capital value and their growth as they become a bigger company and employ yeah. more people hmm. that are being underpaid so hmm. tell us how you really feel James yeah honestly <laughs> yeah I think how we had I really a... feel is NFT the risky at the moment um, yeah, I haven't I haven't invested in too many yet, and nothing we say is financial advice. No, but I think as we progress in the future, and as crypto becomes more secure, as faster algorithms become 
you know, more accessible and also how it becomes more environmentally friendly. So, for example, if you buy one Solana, mm-hmm. that uses less energy than doing a single Google search. And I think that's amazing. So, as we become to more environmentally friendly ways to buy crypto, faster ways to trade it, and more privatized, sorry, more secured on it, this is going to become more of a popular thing. Yeah. That's, uh, that, 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 that's mainly like it for me on that one. I think as a well, my my opinion on this, and maybe you guys can either agree or disagree, was I do believe NFTs have a really good value in the future. I think the idea of decentralizing a lot of networks under a genuinely safe um, blockchain would be smart. Um, I just have concerns that it is really risky at the moment, and even if it is like the internet moment, I'm doing that quotation marks in the video call. Um, if there is an internet moment, there is a, like it's a startup effectively and 90 percent of startups fail so you've got to invest smart you've got to invest wisely you've got to do your own research um i reckon i, I encourage people to look into the the topic and to to look into it but just be wary that it is it is a bit of a cowboy Very area easy. at the moment yeah it's it is a bit of a wild west so just make sure you know what you're doing in terms of this as much as we like to talk about great technology i don't want to give the wrong advice to the wrong people kind of thing so are you saying collectively as a populace we don't know enough about it i will i don't think it's matured enough the same way that in 1996 the internet was around for what six years at that point seven years Hmm. and there's still people like no it's not going to take off libraries are still going to be the way to get information now look at it it's completely revolutionized um and it's safe now the internet is considered safe but around 2000s, even when the, the turn of the century, people were still concerned. Nowadays, it's it's fine. I think we're at that 1996 level of the internet. A lot of people don't know about it. But as people understand it, learn about it, and it develops further and investment goes into it, it will become more mature and more safe. But right now, it's risky. That's all I'm trying to say. Mm. Yeah. So if you look at a bell curve, for example, mm. you have like with the early... Oh, the technology adoption curve, right? Technology adoption curve. Yeah. You have the early adopters. Imagine a bell curve, right? So a curve that has like a very high point, like Mount Everest, for example. Where we are right now is, I'd say, a quarter of the way to the top of Mount Everest. Well, I'd say we're on like a third of the way to the base camp, to be honest, if that's the metaphor we go with. It just I feels like... St- I think we're still at the airport. Yeah. Well, like the other thing is, right, there is still, again, this is an idea of a project and it's been pushed out, but... Even if Solana does take off this project, but Solana takes off, Ethereum might come up with a rival project that would kill it. The same way Spotify killed iTunes, uh, effectively yeah. killed it. I mean, Cardano it's yeah. So, so like investing in a project now could be like investing in Ask Jeeves or uh, in Bing or in MySpace. It looks valuable, but if something else comes out better, it's dead in the water. And so I'm just saying it's not a guaranteed thing. It's not the best way to make money. You can make a lot of money, but you can also lose a lot. Mm. So Mm. what I would do, and I'm not giving advice or financial recommendations, what I Mm. would personally, me, um, James would do is dollar cost average and diversify my portfolio. Mm. So if I was to invest, I would look at the different NFTs out on different blockchains and put little bits of money each time I invest. not yeah. Don't throw 10 grand into one NFT and think that's the <laughs> one that's going to take off. That's gambling. That's not mm, investing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's straight I, up I a gamble. What's wrong with that argument is like, that is not an investment. You're straight up gambling. But if you diversify and put little bits each week into it, um, you might lose some money here, but you're going to grow your portfolio over time. Like, this has been financially proven. Like, if you guys haven't read the book, Intelligent Investor, I highly recommend reading that book. It kind of explains to you why dollar cost averaging is always a winner's game. Mm. Um, you don't 
try and beat the market. You own the market. Yeah. Because you'll win through inflation. I mean, inflation doesn't really work in the crypto, but still, the idea of dollar cost averaging is always, 90% of the time, my guess, would work. Yeah. No, fair enough. Well, I think that I think that kind of touches on the, the basics of what we wanted to go over. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's podcast on NFTs and a, mm-hmm. a special project. Uh, shout out by James. Um, make sure if you like the like this podcast that you follow and subscribe. And we also have a YouTube channel and Facebook, so please uh, head over there. Anyways, I'll see you all in the next one. See you later, guys. See you. See you up. Yeah.